0: Welcome to the Navigation Church Podcast, featuring practical and encouraging weekly messages from one of our pastors or featured guests. Make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. Every message is committed to helping you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's today's message with Pastor David Amston.
1: There are three things that I'm pretty sure I know of. First one is it's December 31st, and no one is having to wake up to go to work tomorrow, so there's a chance after the band was done with an amazing worship set and getting in your face and hype, you just sat down in some comfortable chairs and went... Oh, I hope this joker's fast today, okay? I'm, I'm just pretty sure of that. I'm not positive, I'm pretty sure of that one. Uh, the second thing I'm pretty sure of is uh, the same junk you're ending this year with, if you do nothing different, you're gonna carry it into next year. Pretty sure of that. Pretty sure, not positive, pretty sure. Uh, number three, and this one you may not clap or agree, but let's see if we can get into it. I think God makes it easy for us to get mad at him. Okay, you bunch of chickens. I, I know. See, I think some of you are like, yeah, he does, but no one else responded like that. So how about we do this? I, I have a what I think is a very simple thought, but it can pre- be profound if you choose to implement it in your life. And if you do the same junk that you're ending this year with, that you despise, that you wish you would quit, that you think tomorrow waking up, making a New Year's resolution is magically going to take care of it, only to come February finding out that it didn't and it's worse, I think there is a way to get rid of some old stuff. And number two, a proper perspective on God is always important. So as far as the first one, wake up. I'm going to do this quick. Ready? Ready? So we talked about, over the the month of December, historical words, ancient prophecies, or foretelling of certain things, and we looked at specific items of, like, can you believe we even have a Bible? Can you believe a faith has still been passed on? We looked at some of those things. But one scripture that doesn't get a lot of press, because it's after Christmas, is Hosea 11.1. And this is a prophecy written 700 years before Jesus. Um, 750 years, actually, before Jesus. And it says, When Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. That may, may not make a lot of sense. till you read on to Matthew 2, verses 13 through 15. It said, When they had gone, who was they? That was all the different people visiting Mary and Joseph in Jerusalem or Bethlehem during the time of Jesus' birth. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph, this is being Joseph being Jesus' earthly father, and he said, get up. The angel said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Now you can see why Hosea makes a little more sense here. Escape to Egypt, stay there until I tell you, for Herod is gone to search for the child to kill him. So Joseph, he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt and he stayed there until the death of Herod. Now, how long were they in Egypt? This is a major topic. You can actually, I found what I think is two to three really good arguments for the length of stay. But if Jesus, most likely scenario, was born around 4 BC, four, before it turned to zero, so we're going to be counting backwards. If somewhere around 6 BC Jesus was born, it's believed the Magi showed up somewhere around two years later. And so around 4 BC you have the Magi come in and when they came in they're the ones that really caused all the trouble because Herod who was the current king at that time, if I can call him that, an easy way to think about it, when he found out that there's another king of Israel, that's when Herod decided to kill all the babies two years and old and younger. So we know that before, by the time Jesus were born and the Magi showed up, it would have been less than two years or Herod just would have killed three years old and younger. So, so that's how we kind of know that time period. But then if you look at Jesus's li- or, um, the life of Herod and when he actually died... You can kind of say Jesus might have been in Egypt for a couple weeks up to a couple months. I personally, and by the way, this doesn't really matter. We shouldn't argue about it. I don't, I don't think he was there for a couple years. I think it was a year or less, but probably closer to the year point. That's my personal opinion in the reading that I've done. So, so Jesus and them escaped to Egypt for about a year. Now, this, is kind of, this isn't a throwaway thing. Because Jesus just like all the different prophets, all the different kings, all the judges before Jesus, his role was to do one thing, and that was deliver the children of Israel out of captivity. So why did Jesus go into the wilderness for 40 days? Well, is it chance because the children of Israel were in there for 40 years. And so it was almost like a type and a shadow. Why did Jesus have to escape to Egypt? This was this Egyptian mindset that God has always tried to deliver us about. So Jesus. Jesus wasn't just a picture but physically and naturally he did some of the same things because he has a, a desire to bring Israel or if I can say it this way the new Israel out of captivity who's the new Israel Jew and Gentile and if you go well which one am I if you're not a Jew you're the other one Like, this is as practical as it gets. If you don't uh, wear a yarmulke and celebrate Hanukkah and things, you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile. And congratulations, you are the reason Jesus came first for, but then ultimately for a brand new Israel to come out and be saved and be born again into a new family. So Jesus going to Egypt wasn't like some accident. It was very much on purpose. But here's what I'd like to say. I think sometimes it can become very easy to be mad at God because it depends on what you evaluate him off of because Mary is going to be born a virgin. I have a question, and this is real honest. As a Christian, and people are asking you about your faith, how much do you like to say, hey, we believe a virgin had a baby? Like, it's, it's a hard, scientifically, it's a hard one for it, We would rather go, no, we believe a guy got ate by a fish. For three days and the fish puked him back up like for some reason that makes a little more sense so mary now has to tell the world she was born a virgin and if we're all honest with you if it makes us weird to say imagine how comfortable it is for her to say it and then how many people believed her right there isn't dna test there isn't a way for her to validate it. So now Mary gets to grow up with this God baby to raise. Talk about a lot of pressure. While all the community going, you know that's not Joseph's boy, right? You know that's not Joseph's boy. So then, then God decides for them to have the baby on the heels of a four to six day trip across open country. Women, I, listen. I know what it's like to be pregnant, I've had four kids, <laughs> vicariously through my wife. So I know your pain-ish, okay, easy, easy, we're ending the year right, but I have an, if I would have said to my wife, I have an idea, late in your third trimester, let's go to Six Flags and ride roller coasters. God of all this time, <laughs> I have a breaking water joke that is hysterical, but just so you know, it's wrong. So, um, fat <laughs> Okay. So of all the times Jesus or, or God would have impregnated Mary, he didn't see that on the backside of it, he had to do this trip. Like, God, you couldn't have given it to her in the first trimester, second trimester. So God didn't make the travel real simple. And then they get there, and upon being there and having a time of maybe relaxing, all of a sudden, we know that a homicidal maniac decides to kill every kid over, under two years old. God, you didn't see this coming. You couldn't have had Joseph leave a few weeks earlier. Am I the only one that could find a reason for Mary to maybe be a little frustrated with God? Oh, and by the way, this is a fun little one. Mary and Joseph probably weren't rich. And you're like, well, how can you come up with that? Because, by the way, I I have all the scriptures. You can go to your app and get the notes. But in Luke 22, it actually says, or 2, 22 through 24, it actually says that Mary and Joseph had to bring two turtle doves in order for their sacrifice. So whenever you'd bring a baby, you were supposed to sacrifice a lamb, um, uh, uh, excuse me, a lamb or, uh, I want to make sure... um, Firstborn male sacrifice, according to the law, uh, you'd sacrifice a lamb. But Leviticus 12.7 in Old Testament said, if you were poor, you could bring two turtle tubs or two pigeons. So when Mary and Joseph, who just gave birth to the king of the universe, had to go to the temple to do their first sacrifice, they used a poor person's sacrifice And upon giving a poor source and sacrifice, they're hanging around town a little bit longer. And then eventually God comes and says, listen, I know you planned on going home, but I need you to go to Egypt for an undetermined amount of time. How many have ever went on a two week vacation and packed for two months though? Oh, no one. Okay. You have, you went over on your baggage and you paid for that on the airplane. You know it. But when we go on a two-week trip, we we plan for a two-week trip, which we also know Joseph was a contractor. He had some type of construction business. How many of you, if he worked for you, if all of a sudden he was supposed to be gone for two weeks and now he's gone for two months, do you replace him? What if if you're a business owner in here? And by the way, you don't have phone, you don't have text, you don't have email. You have a donkey for six days and a very, very pregnant wife, like... All of a sudden, you set up work for you to be gone for a certain amount of of weeks, a certain amount of time. What do you think all your employees, what do you think all your contractors, what do you think all your connections are doing when you've just now disappeared? I have a question. If I say, could you find a reason for Mary and Joseph to be just a little bit frustrated with God? Could you find one? But here's the point of everything i want to say to you today when the when the um magi came to see it says they brought them gold and silver or excuse me gold frankincense and myrrh and when you look at the times some i'm assuming theologians and historians there was a lot of conflicting but it's interesting because the numbers always ended up being about the same they talked about the size of the boxes that would have been brought to kings at that time. And they did the measurement of how much gold would be able to fit in there. And they said if they just brought one box of gold at, at $1,200 an ounce today's market, Mary and Joseph, if you count the gold, frankincense, and myrrh, probably received somewhere between two and three million dollars worth of money. Did, did you guys hear that? Okay, Merry Christmas. Ain't none of you, I appreciate the cards that you give your pastor every year, but ain't none of you hit that standard yet. I'll just tell you no. So let me get this straight. You had obstacle, 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 but yet they were able to have the one bit of provision they would need in order to get them into the new day that God's calling them to. So here's the question I have for you. Do you focus on the multiple things going wrong or the one place of provision that God's given you that's right. And by the way, we all have something called a negative bias. I'm not going to take time to get into this. You can go read about it. So, so our brains, according to neuroscientists, our brains record the negative faster than it does the positive and if you get into those they call them negativity loops if you get into those you stay there long enough to where you begin swirling and you wonder why you're feeling depressed anxiety and you're feeling low is because your brain actually gets into a negativity loop and let me ask you i can prove this a couple different ways number 1 how many have seen on facebook all the positive news that blow up and go viral <laughs> how many have ever heard this phrase if it bleeds it it leads Okay, here's one very personal. Over the last couple of weeks, you've been to a lot of parties, a lot of get-togethers, and you've had a hundred good conversations, but there was the one joke that you said that was awkward. The one comment you're not sure how someone handled. The one like third rail you went ahead and stepped on at the family gathering, even though you shouldn't have. I have a question. Are you focused more on the hundred good conversations or the one negative that you wish you could take back? We have the ability to stay in this negativity loop, this negativity bias, and as you move into next year, you have one of two options. You can look at all the places where you could find a reason to be mad at God, or you can look for the one place of gratitude of he has provided everything I need to move into the future that he's calling me to. Okay. At this point, December 31st is when I'm going to start preaching. You got to start talking. Okay. Because as you end this year, you could look at the things at the house that are wrong, the places where your relationships are broken, the businesses you didn't start, the jobs you got fired from. You could look at all these things, or you could come over here and say, what was the lesson that I learned? What was the environment that it, that helped mold me and shake me? Where is the place that I can grow after all these things? Because if we don't have gratitude in our heart, our heart ends up getting clogged up yeah, that's right. we get a heartburn do you know what happens when we when we hold our breath when we hold our breath there's there's all these chemicals in our body meant to come out And if you hold your breath too long, your lungs and everything inside of you gets toxic because God created a system that when we breathe in the good, we're able to expel the bad. If right now you just started guzzling water, I guarantee it's gonna go through your body and your kidneys and do all this purification thing. But the one thing that would be bad is if you can't expel that liquid afterwards, your body ends up getting toxic. The same way with the food that you eat and the bowel movements that you take. I'm not trying to be crude. I'm just trying to let you know god has created a way for our body to expel the bad and receive the good and the only natural built-in process that we don't have is for our heart there's not a natural way that god has created us to expel our heart lest we lean upon the scripture to find out how to have a pure heart so if you're not gonna hold your breath till you become toxic, hold your pee, hold your poop, hold all this thing to become toxic, why would you hold on to the thing that's going to impede your heart from having the passion that God's called you to? So I wanna encourage you to do this. This year, I, I prayed about it this morning and I, I did ask God, I know this is gonna sound like a weird prayer request. I was like, God, will anyone actually do this? (laughs) Because this is like the practical. This is what you need to do. This is the different thing for you to explore. And I was like, God, is there any other way to finish this sermon? I know I have these thoughts because I want to tell you how to create, ready for this, a gratitude journal. And I felt goofy even writing it this past week and looking, exploring, but they dropped in me so fast. And here's what I felt like God said to me this morning, if only one. So, for everybody who you're fine with your miserable life, don't do this. I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Because you complain about where you're at now, but you're not doing anything to be different tomorrow. So if you are going to be that person, feel free to complain. Just don't call me because I don't have time. Right? I want to invest in people that want to invest in themselves and grow and take their next step in a growing relationship with Jesus. But if you call me today and call me three months with the same problem, but you haven't done anything to change it, I will sit there as a good pastor and go, oh, sounds really bad. But I'm probably playing on the internet while we're talking. and let's be honest, go to a counselor and go, hey, is it okay if you just tell me stuff and I don't pay attention? I don't care how much you want to pay them. They're not going to keep having you back in. Go to a life coach and see how often you can go back. At some point, we want to invest our time in people. It's not about living, or excuse me, it's not about existing. You're called to live. You're called to have a life of abundance and impact and purpose. You're called to raise your children. You're supposed, to, you're supposed to go to the highways and byways and compel people to come into Christ. You're supposed to be able to go to your workplace and be a light on a uh, on a, shi- a, a, a city on a shiny... Uh, uh, Boy, I'm so excited. Here we go. Turn on your light and go to the hill. So like, there's just so many things. And I don't want you to exist. I want you to live. So if you're someone, which by the way, when it comes to gratitude, if you're around me long enough, this is a huge part of my journey that I think is absolutely invaluable. Gratitude is the doorway to take to right side living healthy thinking. Resentment. If you go to any type of sobriety group, you're going to find this out. Resentment is the number one reason for le- relapse. And most people go, well, I've forgiven my dad. I've forgiven my wife. i forgive it. No, no, no. Have you forgiven yourself? You can't resent yourself into relapse. So here's the thing. This is as practical as it's going to get. You either can be better next year or you can be miserable Grinch. I don't care. It's up to you. But here's what it is. Make a gratitude uh, a journal. Step number one, which, by the way, all of these are in the app. You can download it. What are the resources that God has given you? Moving into this next year, Mary's like, oh my God, I can't believe I ever go to Egypt and you didn't even give me a hotel room. And Joseph's over with the dolly going, $3 million. <laughs> like, like, here's the thing. The resources that God has given you will be invaluable because they're for you and you alone. What are the things that God has given you? What are the resources? And then number two, Write, write what and why you have gratitude for them. So it's one thing for me to write in my gratitude journal, I am grateful for my wife. Okay, great, I'm grateful. But you know, to be able to take time, I shouldn't have done my wife because this is going to get embarrassing. I'm grateful that when I'm struggling... You don't yell at me, you worship with me. I'm grateful that when I needed to find a new pattern of living, I was able to come sit at the couch and at your feet and say, here's something, can you help brainstorm? And you've been with me every step along the way. I'm grateful, no offense, but I have the best wife to raise the greatest children in the world, and everybody else comes a distant second. So it's one thing to take an account of what you have. That was the greatest pickup line I've ever used, girl. What's up? Turn on Barry White, this is happening. There's something wrong with me. Every time I'm, okay, so. I'm thinking about you loving me. Someone right now is going, is that all Barry White? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because baby. Okay, so it's one thing to evaluate what the resources you have. It's another thing to understand why those those resources are valuable. So to be able to write, I have a home. Okay, that is beautiful. But do you understand that there are people, uh, last night had the opportunity to go over to St. Louis. We came around the corner and found a whole new tent city never even seen before you know what I'm grateful? I'm grateful that my kids don't have to worry about the tent next door invading us at night, trying to steal the stuff we've scraped around for. I'm grateful that my kids aren't going to, during uh, asthma season or allergy season, I can leave an air conditioning running just to purify the air a little bit. for Did I take time to write down every reason why I'm grateful for it? I'm repattering my brain not to be negative, but to realize what's positive. And then the last one, number three: write the scripture that goes out on the, that goes along with the subject of gratitude. What scriptures? I have them all listed in the app. You not all. I have Philippians four, Psalms one eighteen, Psalms five, Isaiah twelve, Romans five, Ecclesiastes three, Romans fifteen, Philippians four, just to name a few. If you need help finding it, but can I tell you? Another thing for you to do is don't go to the Scriptures that I provided, but get into the Scriptures of your own. Because when I wrote about my wife, Psalm, or Proverbs 31 isn't on this list, but that's the Proverbs that I would attach to it. So we're sealing ourselves not just in the good things. Because by the way, that could be a self-help sermon that isn't what we're all about, but we're rooting it into the Scriptures of why God has given it to us. You have the ability to have a better next year. I don't want to give you the three steps to making the greatest New Year's resolutions. Because here's the thing, unless you've decided in your heart it's time to live new, you will only placate to a false belief system that you've always gone back to. But if you make a decision in your mind, I'm just done living like this, then you'll find a new, healthier pattern to live. And the greatest thing that we can all walk into next year with is gratitude in our hearts. And so God... I am grateful. Lord, I, I will say this. I am so grateful for having the opportunity to lead a ministry known as Navigation Church. Lord, I, I view myself as a steward. I view myself as a shepherd, an overseer. And God, I don't know how I can get mad at You when I know that You're using me. And then compare to You, God. I am sin. But You've raised me up. You set my feet upon the, upon the high places. So God, this morning, I'm grateful for the opportunity to lead such an amazing ministry. I'm grateful for all the partners. Pastor Aaron mentioned a gift that came in this last week. Actually, God, multiple Multiple gifts of thousands have come in. You continue to give us every resource we need for every vision that You've given us. I thank You for the partners that show up here early on work days, volunteers days, service days to create just a warm environment. God, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful in my own life the different coaches that You've given me. They all kind of have a sphere that they speak into my life, but God, somehow it's a, it's a hole by the time it's done. Thank you for overseeing that. Lord, I can just go on and on, but here's what I want to say. Gratitude will be the pathway for Navigation Church. Recognizing what we have and who you've called us to be. And Lord, if we're aggravated from the ride, if we're depleted from the birthing, if we're broke because of the situation in life, it doesn't take away the fact that You are a good, good Father. So how do we end this year and launch in the next year? Gratitude and worship, God. Gratitude through worship. We praise Your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Get yourself a journal. Write the things you're grateful for why you're great for them, and find scriptures to go along with it. And I guarantee you, I promise you this, new things will be for the year to come. For those in our online community, we're so grateful that you're with us today. Make sure if you have any questions or prayer needs, throw them in the chat. Our moderators would love to continue ministering over you. But ready for this? Till next year, (laughs) we'll see you soon.
0: Thanks again for joining us this week on the Navigation Church podcast. We hope this message strengthened and encouraged you in the next step of your journey. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and review. And if you want more information about Navigation Church or wish to connect with us in more ways, visit navchurch.org, download the Nav app in your app or Google Play Store, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and even like the Navigation Church page on Facebook. And again, make sure and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss a single message. For now, No Navigation Church is always here to help you discover and take your next step in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ.